It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay today. Uh, today's show is being brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Speaking about traveling, uh, if you're going to travel someplace you need to spend the night, make sure you spend it at a Holiday Inn property. There's no place like a Holiday Inn property. My two favorites, of course, uh, the Holiday Inn Resorts and the Holiday Inn Express. I'll give you another even better reason to stay. We'll get you a Billy C. discount. Just call our toll-free number, 844-603-0364, 844-603-0364, or just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Holiday Inn banner. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, you guessed it right, my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you're looking to get a signed copy, don't worry about it. Visit the website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book and follow the directions. Wait. You want more than one copy? You want to give away some copies as gifts? We love you. Just drop me an email and I'll hook you up directly with a special discount. Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Uh, coming up a little bit later on the show today, we got Boxing Hall of Famer Larry Hazard scheduled to join us. And as is on uh, days like today, we're doing our blast from the past, our weekly segment, the longest-running segment we've had uh, in the 15 years we've been doing this show. And today's blast from the past, which will be uh, uh, presented to us uh, from uh, my man Alex Perpali, uh, features a new 2018 Boxing Hall of Famer, Vitaly Klitschko. So uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit later. But first... Uh, one of my main topics today, uh, well, first and foremost, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, first state, aside from uh, Las Vegas, or I should say, aside from Nevada, um, to uh, uh, offer sports betting. Uh, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and it's starting to uh, uh, get into effect, so we'll talk about that. Also, 
Joseph Parker, former WBO World Heavyweight Champion, uh, his next fight seems to be signed, sealed, and delivered, although there is some uh, question marks surrounding that. We'll talk about that. But first, I want to kick off the show with uh, some uh, the latest news, which is uh, disheartening, really. Um, according to Oscar De La Hoya, uh, he has said yesterday that the uh, rematch between uh, Triple G and Canelo Alvarez is off. He said the offer is off the table, and uh, they are now uh, aggressively trying to sign, seal, and deliver a fight between Canelo Alvarez and Danny Jacobs. Now, according to uh, Oscar De La Hoya, he said that uh, uh, Triple G refused to budge on demanding a 50-50 split, um, and he said it wasn't going to happen, that all he was going to get was 35%, and they were offering a 65-35. You know, he said it wasn't going to happen, and he moved on. Um, I think this is a mistake from uh, Oscar De La Hoya and Canelo. I don't know who's driving this bus. It seems to be, uh, you know, Oscar De La Hoya. Um, I think that Triple G earned a 50-50 split, and I think that the boxing community wants to see the rematch because most people believe that Triple G won the first fight, and a lot of people are losing uh, interest or, or he's losing favor with a lot of people with you know concerning Canelo. Um, one of the uh, main issues and one of the funniest uh, uh, you know, uh, issues surrounding this fight is the commercials that um, Canelo Alvarez actually does for you know the beer commercials, where it's be bolder, be bolder, be bolder. That's that's his that's his little statement. Well, I say to you, Canelo Alvarez, be bolder. Step in the ring with Triple G. Joining me right now uh, from Saint Simon's Island is my man. Uh, Sal Rocky Senecola and Sal um, Canelo should be bolder follow his own uh, commercial line but what's your thoughts of Oscar De La Hoya announcing that this uh, fight is off the table and now they're going to pursue I'm picturing that commercial what he needs to do is start grabbing a a, uh, a tainted bull beef burger from Mexico and then he'll do that commercial washing it down with the beef bolder juice let me tell you something um, Canelo Alvarez is afraid to fight Triple G uh, and this is where this all emanates from. And you know what? Triple G deserves a 50-50 split. The guy's the world champion. The guy beat Canelo Alvarez the first fight. Everybody but Adeline Bird saw that. And the bottom line is uh, Canelo Alvarez wants to make it and point fingers at everybody else but himself. This fight should have already been had taken place. And this fight is now they're going to go through, yes, I use the word, minutia, because they're still doing a song and dance. And even if it's a little less than 50-50, I think that uh, you will see Triple G wanting to fight as much as anybody because he wants to prove to the world that he beat uh, Canelo Alvarez the first time. But if if they're going to be hardline and they're going to want to put it on Triple G, not wanting a 50-50 split, I mean, let, let's look at it this way. If they really wanted to fight, they'd say, okay, you know what, Triple G? We'll give you the 50-50. This is good for boxing. This is good for the fight. Or they'll say, we'll give you we'll give you 60-40. Maybe Triple G will look at that and say, you know what, I could do that. Give me something on the back end for the revenue or here 
or we'll do that. Uh, but the bottom line is these guys, they're being a hard line. They don't want anything to do with Triple G. And I'll tell you what, if Canelo Alvarez is going to face Daniel Jacobs, I think Daniel Jacobs innately is a smarter fighter than, than Canelo Alvarez. I'm not sure, you know, with both of them in the ring, but I'll put my money on Daniel Jacobs to beat Canelo Alvarez. I'm with you there, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, um, some of the quotes from Oscar De La Hoya, he says he's referring to Triple G. He's stubborn. He wants 50-50. It's not going to happen. He says uh, the Canelo train has left the station. Um, now, they went and reached out to Daniel Jacobs' uh, promoter, which is now Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn says uh, he loves the fight, and he's hoped he's hoping to get this deal done quickly. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, Oscar De La Hoya said, if Triple G ever comes to his senses, we'll fight next year if he wants to fight in May. Uh -huh. I'll tell you one thing. The money he would make for Canelo uh, now, he has to fight five or six opponents to make that money, that kind of money. We're, we're, we've moved on. You know, he, here's, here's the thing. You know, wow. if, if I'm looking at, you see, this whole situation surrounding Canelo has made Canelo, I think he's lost, you know, uh, the respect. I know he's lost my respect, and I think he's lost the respect of a lot of boxing fans. And because of what has happened, there had to be some consolations made on Canelo's side. Now, you know, you can make an argument that Canelo is, is one of the biggest draws in boxing. Uh, I personally think Anthony Joshua is number one, and maybe Canelo uh, falls in number two. But even some of his hardcore fans, uh, you know, didn't like this whole situation. Not only did they not like the situation, and most people don't believe the tainted beef story anyway, um, the way he acted, and I say he meaning Canelo himself, the way he's acted throughout this whole thing, you know, that he's high and mighty, is also a turnoff. And then when you add in Oscar De La Hoya and the way he's acting, you know, it's like these guys are thinking that they are boxing. And the problem is, is that Canelo has yet to prove that he's even uh, legitly deserves to be in the ring with Triple G. The first fight, most people, like you said, feel that Triple G won the fight. The only people that are recognizing Canelo as any kind of a middleweight uh, champion is Ring Magazine, who's owned by uh, De La Hoya, uh, you know, Golden Boy Promotions. So it's it's all a joke, you know. And and the the fact of them wanting a fifty fifty split, I thought it was reasonable. A sixty forty split, according to multiple sources, uh, Triple G's promoter recommended to Triple G to take a sixty forty split, which they were willing to do. Uh, according to uh, multiple inside sources, um, you know, uh, Oscar was willing to do that. And Triple G stood strong on its 50-50 split. You know, we talked a lot about the advantages and disadvantages. And now that they're targeting uh, Daniel Jacobs, I, that opens the door for Billy Joe Saunders to fight Triple G. Now, the only other wrench in this, in this whole mix here, Sal, ironically enough, is the WBC. The WBC had ordered Canelo to fight. This is the same organization that Canelo refused to even acknowledge anymore because they were pissed that he got stripped for not fighting for Triple G in the first place. Now, all the eyes are on the WBC to see whether they turn around and have the gall to strip uh, Triple G 
of his WBC belt uh, in lieu of the fact that he's choosing not to fight Canelo. And if you recall, Sal, the WBC was the ones urging him to accept the 65-35 split. I know, I know. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it really is a bunch of rhetoric and a bunch of uh, diluted uh, beliefs here. But I, I'm going to tell you, my, my big, my hard time and my big point here is there is a certain unearned air of arrogance coming from Canelo Alvarez and De La Hoya about the Triple G scenario and the fight and the contract. I mean, yes. Could it be a 50-50? It sure could. Could could Triple G uh, actually live with 40%? Maybe he could, and maybe he would. But the bottom line is, you know what? This is a fight. What does what? When I say arrogance, what does Canelo have? He doesn't have a belt. He lost the first fight, according to 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 uh, a lot of fans, and he got caught with his hand with a big beef burger or whatever. Heck. So what I'm saying is, this guy is 0 for three with with leverage and with points, and he still has that certain air of arrogance that he's saying. Well, guess what? Uh, I demand this, and I demand that. Let him, let let him, let him avoid this fight. Because you know what, it takes two to dance, and he was going to get a big purse himself uh, with Triple G. So not only does Triple G lose out on a big purse, but so does so does Canelo Alvarez. Can he get it with Daniel Jacobs? He won't get the same purse, but he'll he'll get a he'll get a lot of money with that. And so will Daniel Jacobs. And guess what? Triple G. I mean, uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez will not be uh, winning that fight, I don't think, in my in my mind right now. I think Daniel Jacobs beats Canelo Alvarez. I, I kind of do, too. I, I Listen, I, you know, um, the first of all, I, I thought that the main reason Canelo needed to get this fight signed, sealed, and delivered with Triple G was to bury all the issues, the negative issues that were surrounding yeah. him concerning the steroid use. And, you know, he stayed strong with his uh, I ate a tainted uh, beef. And, you know, some people backed it. Some people believe it. Um, you know, uh, there's also the others that, that have went back and, and looked and taken shots and different photos and et cetera, et cetera, and seeing a, a, a clearly physically uh, changed uh, Canelo, assuming that he has been uh, using the juice uh, more than he was popped for. Uh, you know, they did the same thing with Manny Pacquiao uh, during his reign when he was in his prime. Uh, Manny never tested positive, but in this particular case, Canelo did. If I were the powers that be surrounding Canelo, we're still talking about a hell of a lot of money. Um, I, I think I would have wanted to remedy the situation, get the fight done, and prove to my fan base that not only am I a clean fighter, but I'm willing to fight the guy that I was supposed to fight anyway. You know, uh, by him moving on to Daniel Jacobs, you could read between the lines. You know, it becomes all about the money for Oscar De La Hoya, uh, you know, advising or recommending to Canelo what to do. Now, there's going to be a lot of people, including myself, that feel that the fight should have been against Triple G. With that said... Uh, I do support Triple G. I think that Triple G is is uh, you know doing the right thing. He's making it making it about the sport of boxing. He's making it about the safety of the fighters, 
and he's not making it all about the money. Yes, he wanted a 50-50 split, which seems like he's wanting a bigger piece of the pie, which he does. But in this case, I think he deserves a bigger piece of the pie. Um, I don't think, as much as I agree with you, Sal, that Daniel Jacobs, uh, in my opinion, would be the favorite. You know, if I was putting the odds on a fight, would be the favorite against Canelo. I don't think that that fight will get the interest level of a no. fight between Canelo and Triple G. What's your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree with you. I think the only fight, the biggest fight, the most money-making fight for Canelo Alvarez or Triple G is if they fight each other. And that's what these fans, that's what we want to see because that's the unsaid business, the undone business. Because like I said, I think that both of them have their own way to go going about it, but the bottom line is each one of them should want it for the closure of the of the of the thing. And I think I think when you look at it from that level, I think Canelo Alvarez, you know, got lucky with walking away from that fight with a draw. And I don't think he feel that he is going to be as lucky. First of all, he's got to look in the mirror and he's got to realize, well, now I'm being tested. Uh, I'm not going to have my friendly partner with me. Uh, meaning meaning if I'm not saying. If he is doing anything that's other than a burger tainted with uh, steroids, uh, and if he is, you know he's going to be uh, under scrutiny, and he he's got to probably go in trying to be as clean as possible. So you know, right there, that that is a little bit of false bravado bravado right there uh, that you bring into the ring when you are on something. So here here again, he's going to be uh, uh, just uh, as natural as he could possibly do be to pass a, a test. And uh, maybe that that little air of confidence that normally would be with him is not going to be with him. But I, like I said, he should want the fight to be have the closure with Triple G as well. And Triple G, like I said, he's got unfinished business, and I think he wants to prove to the world. And I think he would, I, I think he would be more dominant in the rematch than he was in the first fight. And I did give Triple G the majority of those rounds on a lot of levels, but. I think he'd be even more dominant, maybe even stop Canelo Alvarez late in the fight. You know, you would. It it almost seems like this was a welcomed change of plans yeah. for for Canelo. When you look at this whole picture, they fight to a disputed draw last year. The next fight was supposed to be, you know, six seven months later in May. He tests positive. He kind of drops off the face of the earth, he meaning Canelo, he goes and has some corrective surgery done while he's under suspension, by the way. You know, he gets he gets a slap on the wrist with a six-month suspension where other fighters get a year, even up to two years for the same type of offense. Um, he gets a slap on the wrist. They're still talking about the rematch, and now all of a sudden they put the rematch off. Their whole plan seemed uh, from day one to procrastinate making this fight. And I'm going back prior to the first fight. Remember, people wanted to see this fight for a couple of years. And they procrastinate because the plan was let Triple G age. Let Triple G age. Time is on Canelo's side. Uh, so it's almost like it worked out for the better in terms of, you know, through the eyes. If you're looking through the eyes of Oscar De La Hoya, I think that Triple G should move on. I think that Triple yeah. G. I think Triple G should focus on Billy Joe Saunders. Um, if the WBC makes a quick, swift move and strips uh, Triple G, uh, 
you know, once again, Triple G would be made the villain here when he's the victim. And I don't think it's fair. You know, these are the types of situations and the, uh, you know, things that fall into place that are bad for boxing. This is going to go down as one of those fights. The score was never settled, you know, and if Canelo does end up fighting Triple G a year from now, um, you know, it's not the same Triple G. It's the same situation when everybody wanted Pacquiao and Mayweather to fight, and they make us wait five years. We get an anticlimactic, aged, both of them are aged, and we get a, a, a crap show uh, as a fight that we're all paying top dollar for. Now, if I'm uh, Triple G at this point, I never even talk about Canelo, and I, and, and I mention how he pulled the shenanigans forever. I go after Billy Joe Saunders, uh, and providing I win that fight, I walk away. One last thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, you know, on this whole, uh, not, uh, not that I'm done with this, but I mean just on this whole uh, train of thought, is let me ask you this. Do you think that, um, that you know, Canelo uh, is a guy that, um, is, you know, trying to really fight Triple G and it's Oscar De La Hoya? Uh, and should, you know, he lose the fight? Uh, why are these top fighters, and, and not only Canelo, but we talked about this yesterday concerning Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. You know, these guys, are, they seemingly are looking past their current uh, opponents for the next fight. Uh, for an example, Oscar De La Hoya saying, well, if he's still... If he comes to his senses, we'll fight him again in May. Well, that's kind of saying that they have no, they in their minds, they don't think that they're going to have any problem with Daniel Jacobs. Just like Anthony Joshua, in his mind, think, thinks he's not going to have any problem with uh, Povetkin, and Wilder is thinking he's not going to have any problem with Brazil. These guys are seemingly looking right past their next opponents. No, I know. It, it's, it's wrong. And, you know, I think that they, all those fights in that, that scenario, you know, does provide a challenge for each of the champs or each of the A-side fighters. And I will say this, um, if I was Triple G, I would probably hold a press conference and I would probably have it touted out, you know, because we look at the, we look at the, the, the Mexicans, like, like, like a lot of people that they're very proud, they don't want to be called out and, and not stand up and deliver. But I would say I'd, I'd have a press conference if I was Triple G, and I'd say Canelo Alvarez. I've, I've waited to negotiate for this uh, for this fight, and you're pointing and spinning everything around like I don't want the fight. I want this fight, and I think uh, I want I want to debate the issue. Why you think you need, uh, you can't give a 50-50% split where you're not a champion. I have the belt. You didn't win that first fight. We had a draw, uh, and, and many thought that I won. And uh, you were getting so many other things in your corner in your favor. All I'm asking for is fifty percent of the purse that I think I deserve. Well, that's kind uh, of that's that's exactly what what he's saying. He's saying uh, all that, those things. I mean, I mean, official challenge press conferences say, "Get over here, sign this contract. Let's get it on and give the fans uh, what we what they deserve." Uh, and, and let's stop this this uh, this, uh, this avoidance. Well, let me let me ask you this real quick, um, and then we got to take a break. But let me ask you this: How are the majority of the fans going to react? Are they going to side with Triple G, 
or are they going to be siding with Canelo uh, because of the you know the blind support that let's face it when when you're a big fan of a, of a sports team or a fighter or whatever sometimes you're you're you know you're blind to any any negativity that surrounds it how do you think the uh, chips are going to fall uh, with this particular case well that's what it says bill if, if I'm, I'm I'm telling you this is why I feel that all I should be on triple G at a press conference and let's debate the issue let him put out there the reasons you know that why he thinks he deserves a 50 50 split in the purse Saying, hey, guess what? I've got three of the four belts. Uh, there's a lot of people that feel I won that first fight. Um, I didn't get caught with tainted beef uh, and, and things, or I wasn't the one that, that was suspended. Uh, and you know what? I think you you uh, hurt the integrity of, of the game of boxing by your arrogance and by you wanting to uh, feel like you want to point fingers at everybody else but yourself. So you want to look in the mirror, I want you to look at me, and I want you to look at me from a couple of feet away. Let's have that stare down for the rematch, and let's sign this and give it to the fans that they deserve it. And I mean, I'd call them out. I'd call them out. And if and if and if uh, Canelo Alvarez is, is, is half of the bravado that he he uh, claims he has, he'll get back. He'll get right that press conference in his face, and they'll have a stellar uh, performance right there prior to their signing the contract in front of people. That's how it should go down. That's what I wish it would go down, but. You know, like I said, if I play the movie in my mind, it's not going to be what they're thinking. I, you know, the, the the thing is, is I just don't feel that Canelo, I mean, uh, Triple G should have to stand up and, and explain his reasoning. I, I think that his actions speak for themselves. And, and the people that are going to be blind, you know, fans for Canelo are not going to listen anyway. And the other side of the coin is I think people agree with what you're saying. We're going to take a short break. Uh, before we do, I just want to, uh, uh, we got a super chat from my man, Joel, and uh, I wanted to thank him for that. As you guys know, the super chat keeps us rolling here. And speaking of rolling, I'm going to take a short break, and uh, I'll be back uh, in about two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today, and we're glad you're with us every day, to be honest with you. But uh, uh, one of the uh, main topics today that we're discussing is uh, the uh, Triple G uh, Canelo fight, which, according to Oscar De La Hoya, is off the table. And uh, now, according to uh, Oscar De La Hoya, which, you know, he's turned into uh, such a clown uh, as a uh, promoter. You can't believe anything he says, but he says it's not going to happen. And uh, they are actively pursuing... Uh, Daniel Jacobs and uh, Daniel Jacobs uh, promoter as we all know is now Eddie Hearn and um, you know the one little wrench in that mix is even though that Eddie Hearn is Daniel Jacobs uh, promoter Daniel Jacobs manager or I can't even say manager advisor is still Al Heyman 
and Al Heyman has a bitter feud with uh, Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions. So I wonder if uh, Uncle Al uh, is going to have anything to uh, say about this. But one other uh, question I wanted to ask you, Sal, is in lieu of what is going on with Triple G and Canelo, and even though I totally disagree with uh, Oscar De La Hoya's stance and I totally agree with the way Triple G is handling it, um, do you think that the way this has gone, and in one respect, I, I give Oscar De La Hoya a little credit, I, the same credit I give Triple G for standing their ground, uh, even though I side with Triple G, uh, and Canelo and uh, Canelo's uh, a promoter, Oscar De La Hoya, where he's you know kind of being cocky and thinking that you know uh, they're the only uh, people in boxing. Do you think that this situation and uh, se- seemingly the fallout with finding a, a, another option will speed up or expedite uh, the fight that we're, we're all been talking about for for weeks and even months uh, concerning Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder? Is this actually a wake up call? for uh, Team Wilder to say, hey, maybe we should take this last offer and get this done. Otherwise, we, we might be uh, uh, looking at being, you know, the the outside guy here looking in. What, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> good. You pose a good question there. And, you know, you could look at the, uh, the, the chart and the indicators that are saying, hey, you know what? Uh, we can't over chomp on the bit. Let's get this side sealed and delivered because uh, we see how it could go the wayside. I would say, you know what, Bill, I, I'm not totally convinced that the Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight is dead in the water. I'm not. I feel, you know, like I said, maybe maybe with the false bravado that uh, De La Hoya and Canelo feel they have uh, the right to um, and, then, and then spew out what they can to be the A-side across the board on this thing with Triple G. I think maybe maybe part of their a- actions are, are relative to what they feel. But I think if they really, really reel it in or pull it back, uh, I think they'll, they'll wake up and they'll say, hey, you know what, let's, let's do it like this. Because I think as much as he can go on to Daniel Jacobs, uh, I think De La Hoya is smart enough as a promoter to realize this is this – is, same thing. Triple G may not get as big of a purse with his next opponent, but neither will Canelo Alvarez, as if they were getting getting the fight uh, uh, between the two combatants signed, sealed, and delivered. And that's the lesson that Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder could learn from this. Well, I mean, you know, my point is that you know they should they should be looking at this saying, you know, you keep playing around, playing around. I mean, they mm-hmm. it, it, they. they it becomes a limit to, to how long you're going to yeah. let the, let the games go on. You know, in this particular case, I don't agree with um, Oscar De La Hoya, but at least they're making a move. Now, whether this is uh, a ploy just to use Daniel Jacobs' name, uh, you know, uh, to get Triple G to, to settle, I don't know. And, and then now they've both – Well, they've both put themselves in a position, Sal, both, and I'm meaning Triple G and Oscar, because I, I don't really know what Canelo – uh, where his mindset is. I think he lets Oscar do all the talking and thinking for him. Uh, but, you know, the truth of the matter is, because they've both played such a hard stance on this, um, you know, who's going to give? I mean, 
you know, if if the original offer was 65-35 and, you know, he, Triple G was asking for a 50-50, well, I think a fair, you know, adjustment would be a 60-40 fight that I think both sides would become winners, you know. If, if you know, Oscar claims that he would have taken 60-40, he's uh, clearly indicated that the fight is off the table and now they're shifting gears. Um do they have a chance to to renege to go back? I think they can, in the sense that they could just say, "Hey, we uh, we worked out some of the finer details that were going to become an obstacle," and they could spin it in a way that's going to make uh, make sense to uh, their followers and their fans. So I, I think that uh, I think that. In the end, if they can arrive to a 60-40 split on both sides, uh, they'll find a way to communicate and make this, this fight happen, if they could. Uh, I'm not saying that they're going to, because you know we're, that's why we're the outsiders looking in. We're probably using a little bit of our emotion also trying to rationalize and see how we would like to see it go down. Uh, the bottom line is these guys have, have uh, over-chomped at the bit, uh, and I think they realize that now. And if they can humble themselves and go back and, and, and spin it in a way that makes it a positive on their side, then, you know what, I, I think they will do so. And, you know, like I said about the Anthony Joshua-Deontay Wilder fight, these are some of the things that the press is not going to be privy to and that they, we're going to find out just by saying, hey, we arrived at a deal, where the fight's on, we're going to make it happen. And uh, I'm hoping that is what's going to happen. Uh, I will lose that that uh, that that belief uh, the longer this does go on. Uh, and Daniel Jacobs, unfortunately, right now he may be just a pawn in the picture, uh, picture until they 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 iron this all out and, and they really truly move on. I think the first indicator was, hey, we're going to move on. Was was just throwing that casting net in the ocean and uh, seeing what what uh, who's going to be caught in it to to counter and to, to try and negotiate and to try and come to terms. See, Sal, you know we always kid around how you're stuck in the '80s and stuff uh, with your mentality, and and I am too. I am too a lot. But 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 let me tell you how it's changed. As much as I agree with you a hundred percent. I, let me rephrase that. I agree with you 150 percent, and I and I skipped math that day, so I don't even know if it's possible to be 150 percent. But the truth of the matter is, is that you know all negotiations for these big kinds of fights should be behind closed doors. But unfortunately, uh, with uh, with the technology today and the instant uh, you know gratification of somebody's opinion that gets sent over the internet and then responded, you know it, it everything's taken place for the world to see, which which I disagree with. I agree with you that, you know, when it comes to negotiating contracts, you should be behind closed doors. Let, let me point out an analogy that I talked about yesterday uh, with some uh, uh, fans. We were talking about boxing and technology, and uh, I was talking about the uh, uh, this whole uh, uh, Jeff Horn, uh, you know, Terrence Crawford fight only being available on, on streaming and stuff. Consider this. In the late 70s, early 80s, um, Chrysler came out with the first talking car. I think it, I think it was the Chrysler LeBaron or, or one, of those, one of those cars, okay? And they had uh, 
I think it was 1979, whenever Lee Iacocca came in and, and was turning the, the, the Chrysler uh, product, uh, you know, yeah. uh, recognition around. Amazing. And uh, Amazing. Um, they came out with the Cordova. It might have been a Cordova. I, I don't know what it was. But, uh, Cordova. Uh, yeah, wow, that's an old Yeah, but, but they come wow. back. They come back, and they had the first talking car. And, you know, it would say, your keys are left in the you You've left your lights on. Fasten your seatbelt. You know, and it was talking. Well, the, the, the general public was outraged at it. Nobody wanted to hear the car talk to them. It lasted a couple of years and then faded, okay? Fast forward to, to 2018, we have products like Alexa, People ask, could you change your music? Can you do this? I mean, everybody's talking. You know, nobody even talks to themselves anymore. We don't. We don't even. You know, yeah, people don't even talk to each other. I, I have. A, you know, when my daughter comes home and, and visits her and her husband, sit on my couch and text each other. They don't even talk to each other in person. They're texting each other, communicating. We're sitting right next to each other. They're texting. You know, I, I mean, we just don't do it anymore. It's changed so much. And it's the same with negotiations, Sal. You know, these guys are using the media and public opinion to help drive their cause, whichever side of the fence they're on when it comes to negotiation. I'm not for it, but it's the way it is. No, I'm not for it either. And, and you know, I'm, I'm laughing, Bill, because, you know, it's like, it's like if I'm making pizza or we're behind the bar and there'll be maybe uh, three or four women out, uh, or guys for that matter, it doesn't matter with gender, uh, coming out for a night out uh, together, and then what do they do? They're at the, they're on their phones, each one of them texting. I mean, they're all out together. Have hey, it's ladies' night out. Hey, it's guys' night out. And what do they do? They're on the phone texting other people, whatever heck they're doing. It's crazy. It's crazy. There has been a lot lost in the translation or transition of what with with the today's uh, environment. And social media has done to to our society. It's true. Uh, for and to our society. No, it's true. But it's far. Well, wait, uh, Sal. Sal, we got we got to hold it, thought. I got to take a break here. We're going to get Larry on. Then we're going to come back to you. We have some uh, technical I uh, issues going on with uh, Alex, so we're going to hold off on our uh, blast until uh, next time. So, um, Sal, we'll talk to you uh, right after Larry. We're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be back uh, with Larry Hazard uh, in about two minutes. Billy C. will be right back. Hey, fight fans, check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.kofantasyboxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters, track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man, www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com. And tell them Billy C sent ya. The one, the only, Don King. Makes me feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. Because we want you to be there with Billy and me. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Oh. 
the undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, speaking of being with us, joining us right now is uh, Boxing Hall of Famer Larry Hazard. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Billy. Good morning. How hey, you doing? Good, good, good. How you doing today, brother? Good. Much better. Yeah. Been under the weather or what? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I had a real busy weekend in Atlantic City. We had um, three fights in two days. And I was going, 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 and then the weather changed a little bit, a little bit of rain, and I got caught out there. But I, I think my resistance got a little low, and um, caught a terrible cold. But I'm feeling much better now. You know. Well, that sounds good. Much and, better. And I tell you, um, not to get off uh, my topics today, but uh, it seems that uh, uh, a lot of uh, there seems to be a resurgence going on. Uh, not only in Atlantic City itself, but bringing boxing back to Atlantic City. I, I, I know we got, uh, you know, a big fight uh, coming up uh, with uh, Kovalev in Atlantic City. And then uh, apparently, even though there's some uh, uh, still some negotiating to do, but apparently Joseph Parker and Bryant Jennings, uh, <coughs> excuse me, are also going to be coming uh, to Atlantic City. That's uh, good news for you, right? Well, it's what I've been hoping for, you know. As you know, when I came back, this is what I've been um, hoping for. This is what I've been sincerely working very hard to be a part of. And it looks like it's about to turn the corner now. You know, funny thing happened with uh, boxing in the casino towns seemed to um, go up and down with the casinos. When, when the casinos are successful, Boxing gets big, and uh, it becomes very successful. But when the casinos have a downtrend, it seems like the sport goes down also in those areas. As you know, in Atlantic City, you know, um, for the past several years, there's been quite a few uh, casino hotel closings. But now you have, we have the Hard Rock that's um, reopening in June, uh, the old Taj Mahal. It's now going to be the Hard Rock, the old Revel, which was really new, didn't last very long the first time around, but now it's it's opening back up as the Ocean uh, Ocean Resort, and um, they they have uh, several bookings already for those locations, so that's good. Um, there's a fellow over at the uh, Hard Rock who was a part of that old. Donald Trump team back in the 70s and 80s that, you know, they love boxing. And so he's he's in charge of the entertainment over there, Bernie Dillon. So he's out. He's seeking, um, you know, some of the big fights. So it looks like we're back in it again, which is great. And like I always say, it's either feast or famine. So I've uh, had both. So here we go. We're ready to feast again, I think. You know, the the thing about um, the casinos and, and, you know, the up and down, you know, you know how promoters are and, and that G word, the greed, you know. And 
what seemed to have happened over the last 15, even 20 years, I, I think I think you could trace it back, maybe maybe not quite 20, but um, and, and, and you could start with ESPN. When, when ESPN was going to take a, sh- uh, you know, uh, get, a, get a promoter involved in, and say, hey, listen, we want, um, you know, this fight to be our main event on an ESPN Friday Night Fight uh, telecast, you know, here's, here's what we're going to do, X, Y, Z, we're going to pay you, Mr. Promoter or Miss Promoter, um, X amount of money, put the rest of the card together, uh, that number went down. They, they started paying less than they did 15, 20 years ago. And I think casinos... Uh, started to do the same, whereas a promoter used to be able to go into a casino and say, hey, we want to bring our fight here. Uh, You know, we want to have it at your place. What are you going to pay us to bring the fight here? And the fact that there were most uh, of the people making those decisions were not boxing people and they were not fans of the sport, it kind of got kicked to the curb for for not just Atlantic City, for, you know, I'm talking about nationwide. And um, it seems that one of two things are happening, and I'm not sure which it is. Uh, you just gave me a, a little education on at least uh, the, uh, the upcoming uh, opening of the Hard Rock where we finally have a boxing guy that's making the shot, calling the shots and making the decisions uh, to bring the sport in, which is good. That's what we need. I've been crying about that for years. Uh, but the other side of the coin is, you know, are casinos still willing to foot the bill to attract um, you know, promoters to bring the bigger shows there? Or are they willing to do like in the heyday? You know, when you go back to the 80s, uh, Las Vegas and Atlantic City, you know, it, it, you weren't just seeing the big pay-per-views there. You know, you could go, uh, I know Vegas, I used to go out to Las Vegas a lot, and there'd always be a fight someplace in, in Las Vegas on a Friday night. It may not have been a televised fight. It may not have been, you know, a, a huge fight in terms of the names on the card, but you could always count on being able to find a live boxing event at a casino, something that doesn't seem to take place as much anymore, Larry. Well, the paradigm has changed. And what you're, what you're actually referring to is what was known as this old site fee. That's what you call a site fee that promoters used to get to bring in the fight, the site fee. And that was very helpful to promoters because it helped with the expenses, it helped with the purse and everything else. But that whole paradigm, that whole um, uh, procedure has changed over time. And uh, I don't know if it's ever going to come back. And so promoters have had to restructure um, the way that they do business. Um, They start getting four-wall, what they call four-wall deals at the casinos, hotels, um, and they made the best of it. I think the way it stands right now, I don't hear that term site fees anymore but I do believe that there is a an attempt to help the promoters a bit with the rooms and some of the other ancillary expenses that go with putting on a promotion um, and I think that they've learned to adjust within that framework now but um, that had a great impact on the industry over time and you, and you brought up something that's very, very important, is that they didn't have boxing guys. They lost they, a lot of the casino hotels. Um, they lost the old boxing guys 
that knew the game, that understood what a good fight, even today, a good boxing match, the drawing power that it has um, to the casinos and to a town, and what it does for the economics of that location is just tremendous. And it takes a boxing person to have a, a reference point who's been there. They know what it's like. These younger guys that came in and started running the hotels and the casinos, they had no reference point. They were from a new generation, and they just didn't know. And so now we're beginning to get some of that back again, and that's why we're beginning to see it change a bit. So I hope he keeps going. You know, you're right about the site fees. Um, and I think that the casinos, if they're willing to give up the real estate, you know, give a promoter the, uh, the, 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 the room, you know, the, the ballroom or wherever the fight is going to take place and, and, you know, hook them up with, with rooms and stuff for uh, all the people involved, that's all they really need to do to attract promoters, I think. Um, you know, yeah, of course, the promoters are going to be looking for a site fee because of the G word, the greed word, you know. But but I think that they could really help themselves and the sport just by working with them. Some won't. Some will say, listen, you know, uh, you know, it's going to cost you this much. We'd love to have your event here. You know, it's going to cost you this much, you know, to, to, to rent our place, you know. Um, and that kind of, you know, how fickle uh, fans are. And that may or may not be. Uh, put a promoter in a position to, you know, make an event profitable. W one other thing, I, I happen to like to gamble. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a craps player. And one thing I definitely notice is when there's a boxing crowd at a casino, um, there's a lot more gambling going on. Boxing fans like to gamble. It's a, it's a, it's a good match, you know. It's like salt and pepper, you know. It goes together, you know. And 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 you know, unlike other sports, I I, I didn't see it in in MMA. You know, the MMA crowd. Uh, I I compare them, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but I, I I compare them to like a NASCAR crowd. You know, they're they're arriving in their pickup trucks. They're they're, they're drinking beer in the parking lot. They go in for the event, and after the event, uh, they go back to wherever they're going to drink their beer. A, a boxing crowd will come in for an event, they'll stay there for the weekend, they'll gamble, they'll eat at the restaurants, at the casino. I mean, it's just a different type of crowd. And I, I, I don't understand why, uh, you know, some of the newer people making the decisions kick that to the curb because I do think it helps the bottom line with the casinos when they have uh, boxing at their, uh, at their places. And it doesn't have to be a major event, Larry. No, you're very right. And you're very right in your um, in your comparison with the MMA crowd because I I, I once used that same analogy uh, of the boxing crowd versus the MMA crowd. We had a uh, UFC event in Atlantic City not long ago, maybe ten thousand people there, and once the the, the uh, event was over, they all spilled out on the Pacific Avenue into the parking lots getting their cars, you know. Nobody went into any of the uh, casino hotels, anything. And it's that, and, and, and um, that makes the difference. It's a phenomenal thing with boxing crowds. And also now, which is going to add to the whole um, scene, is that we got that, um, you know, sports betting now. 
and that's going to happen in a, in a New Jersey. So that's going to add to it. It's already, um, I think, Delaware has started. So now we got sports betting outside of Las Vegas to other states, and New Jersey happens to be one uh, of the states that fought to get this sports betting law going. So we got a lot of things going for us now, and um, it's going to contribute to uh, what do you uh, have? A- they 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 uh, go. They see the big fight, and they go back into the casinos. They eat, drink, and they gamble. So that's what the casinos want, and that's what they're going to get. What do you got? A what do you got? A camera in here? You see what's on my list? I, I it's exactly what I, I was going to ask you about. If you thought, uh, and you just answered all my questions, I was going to say, what, what did you think about the sports betting? You think it'll help? And I do. I, I agree. I, I think it's going to definitely help Atlantic City in general. And of course, uh, you know, boxing will will fall into that. You know, and Delaware's already up and running uh, as of uh, yesterday afternoon. So uh, I think it is going to help. Um, you know, all sports. I found it funny how uh, the major league sports, and I don't just mean baseball, you know, NFL, major league baseball, uh, basketball, etc. Uh, they were all against it. And as soon as it was approved, they all of a sudden switched switch hats and said, no, 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 now we like it and we want a cut of, of it, you know, because it's our guys that are, that are uh, you know, uh, playing and stuff, which I thought was kind of funny. But um, Larry... Today, uh, one of our main topics is um, the uh, latest news about the uh, Canelo Triple G rematch. According to Oscar De La Hoya, it's off the table, and now they are moving on and uh, pursuing Daniel Jacobs. Um, A couple of uh, uh, things that we were talking about. Number one, my personal opinion is I'm supportive of Triple G. I I think that in lieu of all of everything that has happened with Canelo, I think that Triple G deserved a 50-50 split. And I also think that Oscar De La Hoya is making a mistake, whether it's his decision alone or the combination of him and Canelo, by trying to make Triple G the villain here. I I think they should have, you know, stood up and, and admitted being wrong, which they've never done, and just said, listen, let's put it behind us, let's move on, let's show everyone you know, that we are uh, a fair fighter and we don't cheat, et cetera, et cetera. And some of the, uh, the cost of, of, you know, gaining the trust back from the public would be to have given uh, Triple G a, a, a 50-50 split. I think Oscar's arrogance here, uh, you know, kicking him to the curb, at least that's the way it appears today, uh, and going after Daniel Jacobs might not work out for him. Daniel Jacobs, I think, will beat Canelo. What's your thoughts on this whole situation? Well, great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. You know, I've always thought very highly of uh, Daniel Jacobs. Matter of fact, I thought that he won the fight against uh, Triple J when he fought him. I thought Jacobs won the fight. It was close, but I thought he won. And I think that you absolutely uh, right on 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 with um Oscar appears to be a bit arrogant here. But you know what? They're just falling right in line with uh societal norm. You know, it's always someone else's fault. Uh they make it appear as though Triple G needs Canelo, not Canelo needing Triple G. I don't I don't think that 
Triple G needs Canelo. And Oscar is making Canelo the big fish here as if, uh, you know, Triple G needs him. And whose fault is it? It's not It's not uh, Canelo's fault. It's Triple G's fault. No. Don't we see that every day? Don't we see that every day, Billy, even in society? You know, it's always you blame you blame the other guy, you blame uh, something else for your own. He's the guy that came up dirty. Right. Okay. Canelo's the guy that came up dirty. So now, instead of them trying to do what they can to make amends, try to get this thing going, they're going to make the other guy the villain. So that doesn't surprise me. I think that uh, Triple G should just move on and say hell with him. Right. And go for the other. I, 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 but, but now the other little mix in here is that the WBC, rumor has it, that the WBC is uh, contemplating and very swiftly, I might add, of stripping Triple G of the WBC belt that he has because he won't fight uh, Canelo. And they were even advising Team Triple G to accept the 65-35 split, which I found um, not right, you know, especially in lieu of uh, the surrounding situation with this fight. I think that each... Each situation has to be looked at. You know, uh, I also feel that the arrogance of Canelo and Oscar De La Hoya, uh, you know, first of all, I, I was totally against the slap on the wrist that uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission did to, for Canelo. Canelo never even showed up for the meeting. He didn't even have the, the professionalism to show up. And he decides to go and get some repair surgery done. It's almost like... It's almost like they, they're glad, like they breathed a sigh of relief that this was put off. And then Oscar De La Hoya has the gall. And, and don't get me wrong, I used to, as a fighter, no one respected Oscar De La Hoya more than me. I mean, he fought everybody, you know, and would never backed away. As a promoter, you know, he's, he's become a typical, stereotypical uh, promoter, you know. And, and the, the truth of the matter is, is that they're saying, well, you know, uh, maybe if, if Triple G comes to his senses and ex accepts a 65-35 uh, split, we'll consider fighting him next May. Well, that was the whole plan. They've been waiting for Triple G to age. And in the meantime, the, the worst part of all of this is they're mentioning a name like Daniel Jacobs, just like Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder have their opponents uh, lined up should they not fight. Anthony Joshua against uh, Povetkin and, and Wilder against Brazil. These guys are all looking past their opponents as if they're going to be some easy fight. First of all, Daniel Jacobs will not be an easy fight for Canelo. And, and, and the way we always say styles make fights, I'm telling you right now that Brazil and, and Wilder, even though I think Wilder will win, is not a layup for Wilder because of his size and strength and chin, etc. And the only weakness that I've seen with Anthony Joshua is fighting smaller fighters, and he's fighting Povetkin. You know, so, I mean, these, are, these seemingly are, are fighters and their teams looking way past the guys in front of them, and that spells mistakes. It's happened time and time, hasn't it? Oh, Absolutely. And we talk about that all the time, especially with them, the heavyweights. You know, and, and once again, I go back to the deal that was put on the table in the beginning for Wilder. I really thought that um, he's being ill-advised. They could have um, 
had that going. He had two or three fight deal, and that was it. And they're looking past the opponent as if they know that they're guaranteed to win, okay? And they they seem not to understand that anything can happen. And we've seen that. You know, Joshua's last performance wasn't anything to write home about. Um, I really gained a lot of respect for Wilder in his last performance, you know, versus Joshua, which made me want to see the fight even more. And that's, I'm sure there are a lot of other fans who felt the same way. And that's the way um, it should have gone. They should have fought each other already. They should have had that deal wrapped up. The same thing here, you know, with um, Canelo and Triple G. It's the same thing. They look past and they feel as though uh, a win is guaranteed and then, you know, we'll do this and then we'll, we'll uh, take care of that later. You know, you can't do that in boxing because anything can happen. And so we're going to see what happens here. You know, and, and I got a feeling that the worst is going to happen in this situation. I, you know, I'm with you. I have, I have a feeling that uh, something's going to upset the apple cart for, for both of these fights. And, uh, uh, you know, especially Canelo, Daniel Jacobs. Uh, one last question concerning uh, uh, Canelo and, and Daniel, the possibility of Canelo versus Daniel Jacobs in September. Can that fight generate the interest, or, or more importantly, the pay-per-view numbers that a Canelo versus Triple G would would uh, uh, would generate? And and I do not mean this in any way, shape, or form disrespectful to Daniel Jacobs, because I just said I think Danny Jacobs beats Canelo. I really do. I think Canelo, his crutch was the steroids. I hate to say it, but I you know I think he he's he's happy that he doesn't have to fight Triple G. And I think he's barking up the wrong tree with Daniel Jacobs. I don't think that I don't really think and me too I have to uh apologize in advance because I like Daniel Jacobs. But it's you know it's matchups. Some matchups are more attractive than others. I don't think that the numbers would equal triple G Canelo, for this very reason, the controversy. See, that's that's one of the elements that boxing always, it's a negative, it's like a double-edged sword. Boxing has a tendency, oftentimes, to generate controversy in, in, in bouts. And the controversy leads to bigger rematches. That's, you know, that's the other side of that coin. And so... Um, I think that the big C, the controversy with Triple G and Canelo in the first one will um, put them over the edge with the numbers because I still think that they could generate um, a, great, a greater level of interest for that fight as opposed to uh, the Danny Jacobs fight. With no dis, you know, no disrespect to Danny Jacobs because I always liked Danny, and like I said, I thought he won the fight against uh, Triple G. Oh, I, 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 you thought Daniel Jacobs beat Triple G? See, I, I, I didn't. I thought that Triple G won that fight. I think the knockdown was the was the uh, deciding factor in that fight, uh, but it was extremely close. That was also a fight yeah. that Daniel Jacobs came in, uh, you know, planned to come in bigger and stronger, and it worked for him. I don't think they would follow that same uh, plan with with Canelo because 
you know, I, I, I think the titles would, uh, well, actually, there would be no title on the line, uh, truthfully. So, uh, hey, you know what? Maybe they follow that same game plan uh, and, and come in uh, overweight and know that Canelo can't uh, let them pay for the, the fine, you know, negotiate that in the contract. So, uh, yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. But uh, in any event, I do agree that I think uh, Canelo Triple G rematch uh, due to all the controversy and, you know, the headlines uh, would generate a, a lot more pay-per-view numbers than, uh, than Daniel Jacobs. And then, you know, what risk, you know, we're always talking about boxing, risk versus reward. It, I think it's a big risk for Canelo to fight Daniel Jacobs, even though he's going to make, uh, theoretically, make more money uh, than giving up the, uh, the the split that Triple G wanted. I think it's it's a risk fighting a guy as big as Danny Jacobs. Uh, and, you know, how much money do you lose if you lose the fight? I mean, long term, the value of a potential matchup with anyone else if he loses to Jacob goes down the toilet, right? Or, he, or even if he doesn't look good. You know, if he goes in with a sorry performance, that takes away from the the next one too, uh, Billy. So, you know, that that's that's all a part of the gamble. He has to go in if he fights Jacobs, he has to come away looking like a star. You know, and he has to like beat Jacobs hands down, in my opinion, to uh maintain the attractiveness for uh Triple G if they're gonna do it afterwards. So if he doesn't look good, I think that that's gonna hurt the numbers also. I agree, and and you hit uh, on a, a a great point. You know, Canelo is actually Oscar De La Hoya is hurting him, not helping him. He may be getting him a few more bucks theoretically, but now he's putting pressure on him to look like uh, Hercules in there. Because if he even if he looks just ordinary, people are gonna. I, I, you see, I think the majority of the fans are are, are kind of turned against Canelo. Even his diehard fans are awfully quiet. You know, so I, I think he needed some some damage control, and the damage control would have been a, a fight and a win against Triple G. I think everything would have been forgotten, but now it's going to loom over him and the rest of his career forever because chances are this yes. fight will never take place, and people are always going to remember that he did not give him the rematch, and, uh, and, and I think it's going to hurt them. I think Oscar's making a big mistake here, and I think uh, his lack of promoter knowledge is uh, really coming through here on this one, Larry. Well, I agree with you. And also, people going to, you know, there are a lot of fans, even though they're not making a big issue out of it, they see him as a cheat. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of fans that just feel that he tried to cheat. Yep. And fans don't appreciate that. So that, that has an effect on his popularity also. No, I, I agree 100%. Larry, keep getting better, my man, and uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. We'll be discussing uh, the outcomes of a lot of big fights uh, scheduled for this weekend, so uh, we'll be looking okay. forward to that next week, brother. Okay, Billy, I look forward to seeing you. All right, talk man. You. Have a good one. That's uh, okay. Larry Hazard, Boxing Hall of Famer, and uh, even if he's not feeling well, he shows up and does his thing here. We appreciate that. I'm going to take a short break. When I get back, um, my man Sal will be joining us again, and uh, we'll talk about uh, the heavyweight fight, maybe close our thoughts on the uh, Triple G Canelo rematch not happening. Don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. 
Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, normally at this time, on this day, we do our blast from the past. But uh, my man Alex, who's ready, willing, and able to do it. Uh, and this week we had scheduled uh, Vitaly Klitschko uh, in uh, respect of him being elected into the International Boxing Hall of Fame this weekend. Um, unfortunately, due to circumstances uh, beyond our control, uh, we will not be doing our blast from the past this week, but we will do it next week. And I want to uh, thank Alex for being ready. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, uh, the uh, the bombing and building and construction project uh, around <coughs> excuse me around his place is preventing it from happening. So, uh, in the meantime, joining us again. Uh, as he's always ready in the bullpen, uh, is uh, is my man <laughs> Sal Rocky Senecola. I love that analogy, and, Billy and, C. That's a good one, pal. Yeah, How you I, doing? I wish my Mets had a bullpen, but uh, my, my uh, Yankees have a bullpen this year. Yeah, I don't tell me about it. I'm, I'm telling getting, you, I'm getting they're, killed. They're, they're, they're relentless. I'm, I'm telling you, they're doing. I'm proud of them. They're, get, they're killing me. The Yankees are killing me this year. I'm uh, I'm ready to. Uh, uh, Anyway. Switch. Come on over to the other side. Come on, Bill. Come no, on, I'm on. ready to uh, go dig a hole. Subway away. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, the fight and everything. Um, the fight that's not going to happen, at least according to Oscar De La Hoya. Um, but uh, you know, Larry and I were just discussing some issues uh, surrounding the possibility of a Daniel Jacobs uh, Canelo fight. And one of the things that uh, comes into play is the fact that the game plan uh, for Daniel Jacobs when he fought Triple G, even though titles were all on the line, they decided that they were going to come in overweight and uh, forego the, the, the financial penalty. And it gave them a really good chance of beating Triple G. As a matter of fact, without the knockdown that uh, Daniel Jacobs suffered, uh, he very well could have won the fight. Some people still believe he won the fight uh, on points, even though he did hit the deck. Um, considering that game plan and uh, knowing that, you know, the weigh-in is, is the day before and knowing that there's no title on the line, Daniel Jacobs could very well be thinking along the same lines here uh, with Canelo, knowing that he's not going to lose anything uh, but uh, some money. Do you think that that is something that Oscar De La Hoya, uh, as a promoter, needs to think about and make sure that there's uh, something a little stricter uh, in that contract to try to prevent uh, Daniel Jacobs? Because Daniel Jacobs, even at the weight 
even if he comes in at weight, Sal, is much bigger than uh, than Canelo Alvarez. I think uh, I think that's something to consider, and I think that uh, De La Hoya is already going to address that. If they're serious about negotiations, and it isn't just a ploy to uh, maybe uh, get the attention uh, of, of of Triple G taking less than what he wants as far as fifty percent, which I still think he deserves. Um, I think that uh, I think that uh, they're probably looking at that, and I'm sure if they have the real offer to Daniel Jacobs going out there, there's going to be some contingencies, and that'll be in a fine print, microscopic. You know, here, here's the thing: we talked about this last week, and you know, because Oscar De La Hoya was making such a, a strong stand on his 65-35 split, he kind of forced his own hand by you know not accepting. Uh, the 50-50 or, you know, from his side of the story, they did and were willing to accept 60-40, but Triple G didn't want to budge. We don't know if that's true or not, but that is a rumor. Um, and and the same might be true now uh, with, uh, with De La Hoya. If De La Hoya, you know, budges, what he does, by, by, by making a, such a hard-line stance publicly, and this falls back to what you said about they should be doing these negotiations behind doors. But because uh, these guys have, they can't control themselves with social media, that he has made such a hardline stance, he's backed himself into a corner. And what's going to happen to Oscar De La Hoya in the future is when he starts to try to negotiate, everything that he says is going to come back and bite him in the ass. And my question is, did he do that to himself here? You know, um, is he really helping Canelo Alvarez uh, by not fighting Triple G? As much as I love Daniel Jacobs, and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm in his corner generally. Uh, I, I like him. Um, I, you know, there's times when I didn't. And, you know, I, I've learned to really respect Daniel Jacobs, and, and I've become a big fan. Uh, but, and no disrespect to Danny Jacobs, I just don't think that a Jacobs-Canelo fight will draw as well as a Triple G-Canelo fight. I mean, that's my opinion. So when the smoke settles, will um, Canelo actually be making the same money, if not you know more or less, than he would have if he fought Triple G, even given up uh, a larger portion of the, the, the purse split uh, than uh, Oscar was willing to do? No, no, no way, no, no way in the world. And I'll tell you why, because as interested as I may be to see the Canelo Alvarez and Daniel Jacobs fight, you know, the, the casual fan that would normally buy a pay-per-view or so has no interest. And the bottom line is if they do have an interest, they'll partner up and go see it somewhere. But the uh, bottom line, no, Triple G Canelo Alvarez is the fight that fans want to see, just like uh, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua is the fight that fans want to see. Uh, and fans are smart about that, and they're fickle about that, and they know, uh, you know, what uh, who is to blame at this level. And like I said, there's a certain air of arrogance, unearned, I would like to put it, unearned air of arrogance coming from the De La Hoya Canelo Alvarez camp, and. Uh, you know, I think Triple G's only mistake is when he was throwing it into his face to get a 65-35 split coming from the mouths of De La Hoya and Alvarez was that, okay, that's fair enough. Uh, I'll give you 
he should have seen. That 65 belongs to me. I'm the champion. I'm the one that, uh, uh, in a lot of eyes, won that last fight. And I'm the one that kept my date. I fought on May 5th. You just were the one that didn't show up because you got caught uh, doing some dirty drugs and or dirty, uh, uh, I'm sorry, dirty beef burgers. And, uh, you know, you have some some retribution to pay for that because, you know, and that's the truth. He should have been humbled. He should have said there, well, you know, if that's how you feel, let's do a 50-50 and we'll, we'll go on. You know, that, 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 that would have been forthcoming. That would have been respected. That would have been uh, the way to get this thing done. You know what? He should have just turned it around, Triple G, and said, hey, yeah, 65, 35 is fair, but I get the 65. You get the 35 because you're the chump that uh, that failed the test, that didn't show up to the date, and didn't do a lot of things. So, you know, that that's the only mistake that Triple G made. And I think that Triple G was exactly saying that, um, you know, he not yeah. only was he vocal with, uh, you know, his opinions about the situation, I think he was saying that, hey, you know, in lieu of the fact of all of the things that took place, I deserve a 50-50 split. He wasn't even going beyond that. And, no. you know, to tell you the truth, I think that Oscar De La Hoya should have said, hey, you know what? You know, we want to prove that, that Canelo's a clean fighter. We want to prove that he wants to fight the best. We want to prove all these things. And so, in order to do that, we are going to go against the grain and we are going to make this a 50-50 fight. To me... Canelo's value would have skyrocketed. Instead, it's going the other way. I think that Canelo, even his diehard fans, are are they're awfully quiet. They're they're pulling a Deontay Wilder right now. You know, they're awfully quiet. It's hard to stick up for a guy that was you know caught you know with his hand in the cookie jar, so to speak. And I think Oscar De La Hoya is making it worse. You know, they needed to do some kind of damage control. And since day one, they have tried to not uh, take the blame. They were not being held accountable for something that took place. If, if Even if he ate tainted beef, they've known that they, uh, you know, have problems with the beef. You don't eat it. You know, I, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like somebody who goes to a party and has a couple of too many drinks and smokes a joint and then gets, uh, you know, tested for, for marijuana for some reason and gets caught and then they blame it. Oh, I was at a party. I, I had too much to drink. It wasn't my fault. No, it was your fault. You know, hold yourself accountable, you know, and that's what is bothering me the most about Canelo and Oscar De La Hoya. They're trying to make Triple G as the villain. I say to Team Triple G, hold strong, go after Billy Joe Saunders. I think that uh, Canelo Alvarez, under the tutelage of Oscar De La Hoya, is going to implode. I think that um, in order, and just like Larry said, Sal, um, in order for Canelo to have everyone forget about this, he needs to look exceptional in his next fight. Oh, yeah. And he's not going to look exceptional against Danny Jacobs. No. He may look exceptional against uh, Spike O'Sullivan, but Spike O'Sullivan will never ga uh, draw the amount of money that he could no. make uh, from uh, a Triple G or even uh, a Daniel Jacobs fight. So um, I, I, I just uh, I, I think it's ridiculous, and I think people are going to always remember, and Canelo's – uh, making the mistake of not fighting Triple G now, uh, think that people are always going to remember uh, that, that he did not fight the rematch. They're going to forget everything else surrounding it. 
And I think that uh, Canelo is making a huge mistake by listening to Oscar here and that his uh, his legacy is going to f- forever be tainted. I, I, I honestly believe that, Sal. Well, you know, it's interesting that you should say that. But here's the thing. Like I said, when two fighters want to fight for the for the for the sanctity, for the basis, for the for the essence of what boxing is all about and being a world champ is all about and being the best in a business is all about and being the best in a weight division is all about. You think this rhetoric that we we didn't hear about because of the lack of uh, of social media back then, but do you think Tommy Hearns and Marvin Hagler uh, went through a lot of all this? They they knew they wanted to fight each other. They signed it, they sealed it, and they delivered it. Uh, Duran and, and Leonard, you think that had a problem? Ali Frazier, you think that had too many problems? I'm sure they had little hiccups here and there. But, man, these fighters wanted to fight each other to prove they were best. And, and, and sure enough, we got to see it as fans. Now, I'll tell you what. If I was a Triple G camp or the De La Hoya camp, uh, Alvarez camp, I'm sorry. You know what? 65-35 is a fair split. And you know how it's fair? And I could agree to a 65-35 split. But here's how it's fair. Put the prize back in prize fighting. The winner of that fight gets 65%. The loser takes home 35. That's what they should do. Well, Alex, my man Alex uh, Propelli is saying, well, you know, Alex is an English major. He's, He's my guy. Uh, but when it comes to math, he's not so good. But, uh, uh, you know, he said uh, uh, it should be 50-50, 50, 50% to the winner, 50% to the loser, and then 20% to the – no, 50-50 to both, then 20% to the winner. And I said, well, you only, you only got 100% to work with. <laughs> what he meant I'll to say – what he well, you what got to have a 60-40, 65-35 well, no. I'm adamant about How about this? this? great price fighter. The winner gets all. No. How about 40-40 split? And then 20% to the winner. I mean, I like all the big yeah. fights, all the big fights should do that. Because, because then the this way, fights. then what, this way, the incentive is, is to, yeah. you know, make weight. You know, think about all of the things that would go away Bingo. if that was the, if that Bingo. was the situation. If the situation on a big, huge fight and you do a, a, an even split, 40 40, and then the bonus of a 20%, because there's only 100% to work with, Alex, <laughs> um, you know, the truth <laughs> of the matter would be, would be the the incentive to make sure that you come in on weight, the incentive yeah. to make sure that you don't do something stupid like you know maybe stray below the belt a few too many times, uh, you know all of those things would go away because the the lure of 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 making that extra twenty percent uh, will keep everybody's nose clean at least in in uh, in my mind. But uh, I think every major title fight should be structured just like that. You know, have a 40-40, and the winner gets 20% on top. What an incentive that would be. That would put the prize back in prize fighting. I love it. That's great. Hey, just, just as long as we, we stick with the percentage breakdowns and let Alex <laughs> stick with the English because uh, not so good with that. But uh, um, one, other I thing, it, one other thing I, I want to compare this to, um, and, I, and I touched on it uh, briefly uh, in, in our first segment, Sal, but do you think what's going on with this, uh, do you think it could speed up the negotiation process for uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder? Even though yesterday, in not so many words, uh, the way I'm reading it is that uh, both of these fighters, uh, and I mean both, meaning uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, are going to be fighting other opponents first before they step in the ring with each other. I don't agree with it, but uh, but do you think 
that the negotiation will be expedited now that uh, that this particular fight, the Canelo uh, rematch with Triple G, uh, you know, seemingly is dead in the water. Well, seemingly dead in the water is uh, is a, 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 a looming, dooming kind of kind of air. But uh, if it is actually dead in the water, yes, I think this could be a lesson learned. And uh, you know, you put too much marinade on the on the uh, meat or so, you're going to get stuck with just the flavor of the marinade. Yeah, but you know, let, but let, let me just say this before you continue. You know, Oscar put himself in this position. Yeah, what, what kind yeah. of credibility is Oscar going to lose, Sal? If all of a sudden tomorrow we hear that he accepted a, a 60-40 split or even a 50-50, then people are going to... I mean, Oscar is backing... His lack of knowledge of of being a real businessman um, is hurting him here, bro. Don't you think? Yeah, well, here, like I said earlier, he could salvage this and spin it if he had some advisors that can school and tool him with the right language and the right release of what he's going to say and you know a simple humble little remark like said like you know after after uh, taking into consideration uh where where this fight is going and how big this fight is uh to the to the to the sport of boxing to the fans to everybody else we're going to be humble on our end and we're going to look at what we need to do to make this fight happen and that's why we decided we're going to do this and we're still working out some minor details that we're going to make sure they're going to be par and level for everybody that's going to be partaking in, or for the two fighters that are going to be taking this fight. He could release a statement like that and guess what? All is shined, all is credible, all is good and he'll have very little to suffer from that kind of comment. Well, yeah, what I, what I would do if I was Oscar De La Hoya I would spin it and say, look, Canelo called me. He's furious. He's so mad. He, all he wants to do is right the ship. He wants to fight Triple G. So we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to take 60-40. Triple G manned up. He's accepting a little less. End of story. The fight's on September. Yeah, end of story. You know, so. Yeah, uh, I like uh, But anyway, we'll see what happens. I personally don't think that uh, Canelo can beat Daniel Jacobs. I don't think he could beat Triple G either. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't think that Canelo. I think Canelo is peaked out. I think Canelo is the best that Canelo will ever be right now. And that Canelo is not good enough to be Triple G, even an aging Triple G, or a Daniel Jacobs. And like you suggest, you don't even think he could beat Billy Joe Saunders. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and I don't think he could beat a, 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 the Charlo brother uh, because he's too big. Charlo, I, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Charlo brothers yet. Uh, but as far as just overall size, I think Canelo is, is just, uh, you know, would be giving up too much of that. But uh, uh, in any event. Um, I, I saw something with that Triple G fight with the Canelo that I, I do think there are several fighters out there that can beat Canelo Alvarez. And I well, agreed with you on a list that you just went down. Well, I, the thing about Canelo, I'm not going to deviate from what I've been saying since uh, no. for years. And Floyd Mayweather, give him credit, he saw the flaw. Floyd, Mayweather saw the flaw. The flaw in Canelo, which has not been able to be corrected, is that he can't land effective punches while he's on the move. So here's the guy that claims how great he is boxing. He's got foot speed. He's got hand speed, blah, blah, blah. But the problem is, is you need to be able to land effective punches while you're moving and utilizing your hand and foot speed. He can't. He has to plant his feet 
and let his hands go when, when the opponent is in front of him. So if you have a guy like Spike O'Sullivan or somebody that's going to stand in front of you, then you're going to look like a superstar. But anybody with movement is going to give you trouble. Daniel Jacobs can move. J uh, uh, Triple G is a, is a ring general, the best I've seen in 20 years. You know, uh, Floyd moved. Floyd. The reason why Floyd beat Canelo was simple. He Floyd did his patented... He lands two quick punches, and he ran. And Canelo chased him all night long. End of story. Floyd won a boring decision like all of his fights. You know, but credit to Floyd. He saw that in a young fighter. And, and everyone, including myself, was very critical of Floyd, uh, picking older, washed-up fighters that he fought or fighters way beyond their prime. And lo and behold, he steps in the ring with Canelo Alvarez, a young gun, undefeated at the time. And uh, to this day, the only loss that he suffered was at the hands of Floyd. So Floyd saw it. He saw the flaw. And uh, the flaw has not been corrected. You know, some things have been improved on from uh, Team Canelo. But the one thing that has never been corrected and never will is his inability to hit uh, his opponent with effective punches while he's moving. And, and all these guys we're talking about as potential opponents for, for Canelo are going to be trouble for Canelo. Canelo is making or letting Oscar De La Hoya make a very bad business decision for him. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, if it was all about fighting the best, we wouldn't be having this discussion, Sal, because this fight would, the rematch would have already been signed with Triple G. So it is about the money. Make no mistake, it's about the friggin' money. No matter how you look at it, that's what it is, in my opinion. Well, I, I follow that, and I think you're you're onto something there, and I think you're right. Boxing is a business to uh, to have to uh, go through and and uh, look to maximize one end one's end of the purse, um, and what revenue could be created for the uh, promoter as well. So yes, there is definitely definitely the the greed factor in place here, but I think there's more that uh, is under radar here. But uh, I I. I I just feel that you know this fight should have already been knocked out. Uh, I love your your uh, proposed 40-40, uh, 20 percent right there. I think that's an ideal situation. In fact, I think it should be something adapted by all major uh, world championship title bouts. I think that's a genius. I think it's perfect, and it gives everybody incentive to win and uh, to fight for the prize. And that that extra twenty percent would mean something to fight for. Hey, Sal, we're going to take a break here, but a quick question. What do you think? Will the outcome or potential outcome of what has transpired with, uh, you know, reportedly Oscar De La Hoya and Canelo Alvarez moving uh, past Triple G, will this speed up the fight or and or negotiations between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder? Do you think it will have any or no effect? I think it will have an effect. I think it will have an effect that they can't lose sight of the target, what they're trying to accomplish here. And I'll think, I think if it does, does go wayside, uh, as it appears it may be doing, that I think Anthony Joshua De and uh, uh, Deontay Wilder will have to really sit down and say, hey, we got to nail this in ISIS because there is no guarantee of tomorrow. And, I, I, and that's what I've been saying all along. So let it be a lesson. And uh, I think they'll have that in, in, in the background of their minds to say, hey, this, we saw that one fall apart, and uh, we're, we're not going to let that happen. Uh, actually, to all the affiliates, uh, both radio and TV, we, we will not take a break here. 
um, uh, because uh, I'm trying to get some other stuff in before the uh, the time runs out. So uh, first and foremost, uh, some updated news in the heavyweight division. Joseph Parker and Bryant Jennings uh, have verbally agreed to fight each other on August 18th. Uh, will be taking place at the uh, uh, new Ocean Resort Casino in Atlantic City. Um, this uh, used to be the Revel Hotel. And um, the only the only wrench here, and, and I like this fight, by the way. I, I you know I was always a big fan of Brian Jennings, although he did not look that great in his last fight. Uh, Joseph Parker showed us a lot by going the distance with Anthony Joshua. He's a young fighter, youngest of all the top uh, heavyweights right now, and um, I, I think this is a good fight for him to get back into the mix. Um, but but here's one little wrench: David Higgins, who's the uh, uh, co-promoter of of Joseph Parker, if you guys recall, um, they uh, kind of top rank. It's got uh, you know Bob Arum and Top Rank have their claws in uh, Joseph Parker, so now he's being co-promoted by Top Rank and uh, you know Duco Events, which is David Higgins. Brian Jennings is also uh, the promoter of. Uh, I'm sorry, Top Rank is also the promoter of Brian Jennings, uh, but David Higgins of Duco said. Uh, we are working on finalizing this fight, uh, according to Bob Arum. Uh, both sides have verbally agreed, and contracts are in everybody's hands, but he, he's admitted that, and he doesn't have fully executed, signed and executed uh, contracts yet. And David Higgins said, we do have other offers on the table right now for Joseph Parker. So I don't know if that's a ploy to try to get some more money out of the deal or if they uh, uh, want to go and fight uh, some of these other offers, and the one that was mentioned was Alexander Ustinov. Uh, I personally think that a win over Brian Jennings would be uh, more valuable to Joseph Parker than uh, than a win over uh, Ustinov. Um, another thing I want to mention uh, real quickly, uh, Delaware, uh, the race to be the uh, next states to offer uh, sports betting. Uh, Delaware is up and running. Officially yesterday at 1.30 p.m., the first uh, sports bet was taken, and now you can go uh, and gamble on sporting events uh, in the state of Delaware. Uh, New Jersey is soon to follow, and rumor has it New York's going to be uh, set up uh, by the time football season uh, starts. So uh, I'm personally looking forward to that. Um, we got a couple of emails to read. Uh, this first one is from Coach and it's kind of a long one. It's uh, a couple pages here. So uh, normally I like to <laughs> normally I like to limit it to one page. But in all due respect to Coach, um, there's some a lot of spaces. So uh, it's probably uh, really only one page. He says, "Hey Billy, see, I know that a few years ago during the run up to the last presidential election, you said that we would be not talking about politics on the show anymore. But and he made it sure it was a big but. Uh, naturally and even more importantly, thank God." Talking boxing with Billy C hasn't just run and hid in some shadowed corner. Uh, obviously, he's referring to my uh, comments yesterday about um, not standing for the national anthem. Uh, he said, uh, after exchanging chat room jabs with another regular about boxing and politics and comparing Muhammad Ali's all-in self-risk refusing induction into the Army, to the NFL self-serving Colin Kaepernick's kneeling during the national anthem. To me, this is coach, it's obvious politics has always loomed just outside the lines of all sports. He says, never is it more clear 
of the presence of politics in boxing after the Nevada State Athletic Commission's political move, denying Triple G a fight with an unbeaten 28-0 Jamie Mugaya after allowing Nevada's own fake best-ever Floyd Mayweather in fighting a pro-debut Con, uh, Conor McGregor for a fabricated 50-0 record. Coach says, in my arrogant opinion, politics are alive and well and killing our sport. Forget the Obama-driven uh, pushing the everyone gets a trophy period. Miraculously, we haven't had any fighters take a knee during our anthem. Add in the example that our treasured Governor Cuomo, and I hope he's uh, kidding. Yes, he is. I he says, so. uh, after pardoning a cop killer and then giving felons the right to uh, vote, He's now seeking a third category on birth certificates. Yes, a third category on birth certificates. <laughs> Sorry, not enough time for that one. He says, I know you asked what does that have to do with boxing. Well, as an example of a potential political influence on sports, specifically boxing, as exciting as some female boxing is, it isn't exactly killing it. Now imagine a politically created third gender category uh, he says, uh, WTF, oh. having a sore throat, swallowing the still factless global warming. Can I have some scientific facts on this one? I know it's a way out there, but when you have already witnessed A-side fighters like Floyd picking opponent's gloves and seeing him uh, after the fact therapeutically exempt from PED violations, I sarcastically ask, will he or they, meaning Bob Bennett and Nevada State Athletic Commission and boxing, go with the political flow of a scienceless-based third gender classification to go along with its overwhelming number of belts? I certainly don't blame you if you don't respond, but as crazy as it all sounds, the politics of sanctioning bodies and promoters in the cases of, let's say, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, and Triple G and Canelo, you have to ask, why is it that such a great sport has so many politically and financially biased, influenced, shifting rules, all of which clearly deny the fans proper results? And he, his example, in parentheses, he has uh, Triple G and Canelo and the real fights we want to see. I know it's an example. Uh, I know that this example is a bit long and far out there, but on the lighter side, did you hear the International Chess Organization is under investigation for always allowing the white pieces to move first? Coach never, coach never, coach never pulls any punches. Um, you know the 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 truth of the matter is is uh, in a nutshell. I, I you know I, I can't stand the fact uh, that uh, political motivation. Uh, turns into bias in the sport of boxing. And it clearly is the case if you look at the, uh, the, the political reasons of why they would approve a Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather fight and not uh, approve a Triple G against Mugaya fight uh, is simple. It's about the money revenue uh, generation that was uh, you know, made from McGregor uh, Mayweather versus what could have been made by Mugaya and Triple G. The only uh, good part of that result was that Mugaya ended up dethroning Saddam Ali and proved to everyone that he's no slouch and uh, made Bob Bennett look like uh, just as much of an idiot as he already is. Uh, so uh, as far as a, a third gender on a person, I know there are some cases where uh, 
a parent actually has to pick a gender because uh, there are, uh, just like in the animal world, there are uh, people that are born uh, with both uh, <coughs> parts, so to speak, uh, uh, so that, you know, they have to make a decision. But um, I, that's out of my hands, Sal. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I took it as I'm far as I'm going to go. Uh, 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 all right. Me. So, so uh, thanks for the email, Coach. Your point Thanks, is coach. your coach. Uh, coach's point is well taken. We got another email here. This one's from uh, Luke. Luke Thunder. Haven't heard from him in a while. He says, "Hey guys, it's been a while." Uh, he says, "One thing I just wanted to ask you is that all the trash talking fighters that pound their chest and say they're the best, but more importantly, tell everybody that their uh, contemporaries in their own weight divisions are bums, paper champions." Uh, and are nothing and easy to beat. Well, here's my question: If that's the case, in your if and if your opponents are all bums and you beat them, what have you actually achieved? He says, "I'm just curious, as you guys have mentioned it a few times, how you think uh, same day uh, weigh-ins should come back." I'm only 31, so same day weigh-ins are a little bit before my time. Uh, but of course, all I've ever read is how dangerous they were, how fighters had to uh, boil down just to get to the weight and then went into the uh, fight all weak and dehydrated. I would just like to know what your guys' actual opinion is on why same day weigh-ins would be better. Um, well, first, uh, my the first uh, my first opinion of the first question. Is I agree. You know, if if you're fighting bums and calling them bums and then pounding your chest and saying you're the best, well, you know, uh, your record. We are what your record says. Yeah, or, or what did Bill Parsons say? You are what your record says you are. End of story. I mean, uh, you know, uh, when you look at fighters and you look at uh, who they beat, um, uh, it's how good you are. You can't assume. As far as same day weigh-ins, I think they would be safer. I, I think you know. Here's the thing. When you did, and Sal is much more up to this than me, but when you did the same day weigh-ins, you could, you could dry out a little, but you're not going to rehydrate 10, 12 pounds in, in, in that same day. And in order to fight in a weight class, if you're, if you're dehydrating so much to make that weight, well, guess what, boys and girls? You're in the wrong weight class. And that's, class. and that's what's happened today. By giving a fighter a 24-hour period or more, to rehydrate, the end result is you have fighters that are actually fighting outside of the weight class. Now, you could make the argument and say that it evens up because the opponent can do the same thing. But, you know, we've proven that some people, their bodies can handle more dehydration than others. So the guys that can do that, the guys that are able to dehydrate and lose 15 pounds and put it all back on in one night and be honky-dory the next day, those guys have an edge. And I think that that was the original idea of why fighters supported it. A lot of fighters that could that could, felt that they had the edge. The other main reason, uh, I know safety was used, but the other main reason was television deals. We had several fights that were uh, canceled at the last minute because fighters didn't make the weight and uh, the opponents didn't want to go on with the fight and they had TV deals all lined up and didn't give the promoters or the networks a chance to find a replacement. So those uh, um, you know, driving factors is what kind of helped having the day before weigh-ins. And this boils down, it really kind of backs up the political issues that Coach just made in his email. So uh, I'm all for same-day weigh-ins. Sal, what's your thoughts on that and the safety issue? Well, you know what I'm thinking about. I, I think they should bring back the same-day weigh-ins. I think the safety issue you spelt out loud and clear. 
I mean, it's a lot easier for opponent or for fighters. Uh, if if I had to make if I'm if I'm walking around 185 pounds and and I got to make 160 or or one uh, one uh, 68 or whatever it might be, I could do that simply by that afternoon, uh, my last walk or workout, uh, light workout the day before or or, or two days before a fight. Uh, I I simply stop drinking or consuming liquids or fluids, and I knowing that I'm going to step on a scale uh, uh, 12 hours from now, I lose a couple of good pounds. And uh, knowing I have a whole 24 hour plus, if they're waiting in the mornings or or night, you got you got more than 24 hours to replenish and get the electrolytes in. You could you could inflate your body so much in that, in that time. And yes, I, I don't think the weight classes will be represented very accurately. I think you know when you have the same day weigh-ins, as you also said, yes, you're going to replenish. You're going to say say to yourself, okay, I, I I've got an afternoon to drink uh, water to rehydrate myself, to eat a banana, to get some potassium back, or to have some pasta. You could do all that, but it's not going to be like you're inflating a, a dried-out sponge uh, within a short period of time and. Uh, uh, you're going to be 20 pounds heavier than your weight class. Uh, you could still be 10 pounds heavier, whatever it might be. But uh, I think it will be more closely re- related to the weight class you want to fight in and represent, number one. Number two, I think it, it is safer or, or it's more dangerous to do it the other way because, like I said, you're really 20 pounds out of the weight class, some fighters can be, uh, by the fight night. And, and don't forget, you know, there's a lot that can happen. In between that that period, um, and, and I think I think that uh, I think same day weigh-ins just made a lot more sense. Billy C. The one thing that did hurt is again having these fighters that, especially uh, with a magnitude of a, of a main event fight or on televised fight, you know they've got to be responsible. Maybe they should have a preliminary weigh-in the day before the fight. They could do that a preliminary weigh-in to keep keep the guy in check. And, and talk about, well, the repercussions. If you don't make this weigh-in tomorrow, the same day of the fight, we're not going to we're, we're gonna get a standby uh, ready to step in or we're going uh, to cancel your contract or we're going to take away $10,000 of your purse, whatever it might be. But, yeah, I'm all for that. You want to have a 24-hour prior-to-date preliminary weigh-in to see where both fighters are and then the actual weigh-in in the morning of that fight, I think that's ingenious. I think it's great. That's what they should do. Thank you very much. Well, the WBC has incorporated the the uh, weigh-ins that they have and they're trying to combat it, but it, it still doesn't change it. I, I'm all no. for day, same-day weigh-ins. Yeah. Uh, I'm all for one champion in each division. I'm all for eight divisions, so whatever. But uh, I'm all for and I'm eight, all for eight-ounce gloves. Yeah, I'm, I like to bare <laughs> knuckle, but anyway, no. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, make sure you guys tune in tomorrow uh, when uh, we're going to take and uh, break down all the fights. Uh, we got a lot of them scheduled this week, so tomorrow we're going to try to focus. Unless we have some late breaking news uh, uh, with uh, the two, uh, uh, the big fights, uh, the non Triple G Canelo or the uh, Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fight, we're going to focus on uh, the fights uh, for scheduled for this weekend uh, on tomorrow's show. But I want to leave everyone with with a with a haunting question. Um, forget about what you're hearing from his camp. My question to you, and please, I encourage you guys to drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Does Jeff Horn really have a chance at beating Terrence Crawford? 
You know, he's he's the champ. He's going in there with the belt. But does he really have a chance to beat Terrence Crawford? Drop me an email. Let me know your thoughts because that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. Uh, speaking about talking, I got the trivia question. It's still open. Please listen to the question uh, 100%. Um, uh, it is... Uh, um, and if you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Here's the question. What is the biggest height difference between two men in the same division for a world title fight, excluding heavyweights? No heavyweight. So any other division besides the heavyweight is, is fair game. What is the biggest height difference between two men in the same division for a world title fight, not counting heavyweights? Uh, if you know that answer and you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. You'll win uh, your very own uh, copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Unless you're Johnston, because he would have gotten it in, in a row and he's going to get a copy of my book. On this day in boxing history, June 6th, in 1985, Alfonso Ratliff wins a 12-round decision over Carlos de Leon to win the WBC World Cruiserweight title took place in Las Vegas. On this day in 1988, Iran Barkley knocks out Tommy Hearns in the third round to win the WBC World Middleweight title in Las Vegas. You know, somebody recently uh, asked Iran Barkley what he thought of the middleweight division uh, today, and he said he'd beat the crap out of every one of them. And uh, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe he's right. And finally, maybe. on this day, June 6th in 1912, a guy that most people forget about. And he was a, a, an extremely uh, great fighter and a Hall of Famer. On this day in 1912, Jim Driscoll knocks out Gene Posey in the 12th round to win the vacant British World Featherweight title, and that took place in London. Uh, and that is what took place on this day in boxing history. Uh, listen, boys and girls, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.